Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, December 19th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Bank of England admits that high-speed traders have been able to listen in on market-sensitive press conferences. Plus, the man who came to be a symbol of corporate corruption is granted early release from his 25-year sentence. And pressure on European car makers sees Fiat Chrysler and the owner of Peugeot strike a deal to create the world's fourth largest car company. But first, I'll take a look at a historic and rare moment for the United States, the impeachment of President Donald Trump. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Wednesday, Donald Trump became just the third U.S. president to be impeached. Article 1 is adopted. The U.S. House of Representatives approved two articles of impeachment against the president. The first article accuses Mr. Trump of abusing the powers of the presidency by seeking to apply pressure over the investigation of a political rival, Joe Biden. The second accuses him of obstructing the impeachment inquiry. The House voted almost entirely along party lines. Now, there are several questions facing the United States Senate as it prepares for the impeachment trial, which is likely to start in January. Which, if any, Republicans will vote in favor of removing Mr. Trump from office? It's widely expected that the Senate won't get the two-thirds majority it needs to remove the president. What kind of implications will this have on congressional candidates during the 2020 election? What kind of implications will this have on Mr. Trump's chances for re-election? But there are also major questions about this critical moment in U.S. history and what it means for the future of the country. To help me answer these questions, I'm joined by the EFT's U.S. Managing Editor, Peter Spiegel. Hi, Peter. Hello, Mark. Peter, how much does this matter to the American public? The interesting thing when you look at the polls, even just anecdotally, reporting we've done in the field, people are not moving from their partisan homes because of what has been happening on Capitol Hill here. You have not seen Republicans question the president. You have not seen Democrats. There's ones or twos have broken from the party, but you haven't seen any Democrats defend Trump on this regard. You know, you have basically people re-entrenching in their positions, uh, which frankly is somewhat dangerous for American policy because... What has worked up until now on major issues of state is that there is a truth that people can coalesce around at some point. You look at Nixon, there was a lot of partisanship. There was a lot of Republicans digging in their heels until the revelations came out, until the the Nixon tapes came out, and you saw the Republican Party move. And it doesn't seem that anything the president does at this point moves people one way or the other. People have formed their views, they're entrenched in those views, and they're not moving one whit regardless of what happens. And speaking of people who are entrenched in their views, this is going to the U.S. Senate. The trial is probably going to start sometime in January. How will the trial play out and how are these rules shaping up? Well, I mean, there are rules set in place, although, frankly, a lot of this stuff is up to tradition rather than law. You have the Democrats basically have a, for, for lack of a better word, a prosecutor, a, a sort of an impeachment manager who will be who are making the case. You'll have on the Republican side something akin to a defense attorney uh, who will defend the president on these charges. So it will be a proper trial to its own unique rules that the Senate sets. How are these rules shaping up? So we've had on both sides, actually, people advocating for a fuller, longer trial. The Democratic side, they have asked for Mick Mulvaney, the acting White House chief of staff, John Bolton, the former national security advisor. They want more witnesses to come and appear like a proper trial. Mitch McConnell has rejected that. 
He doesn't want to turn this into a showpiece for for obvious reasons for the Democrats. On the other side, you have Donald Trump himself who wants to have a long, slightly, you know, dramatic defense so he can use his fuel uh, to fire up his base. Exactly. Exactly. He thinks he can make a compelling case to defend himself and garner a lot of attention to his his own case. Mitch McConnell wants to go fast. He wants this out of the way. And some of that is reflected, I think, because there is some nervousness in the Senate that you don't actually have these lockstep Republicans that you do in the House. You have a group of very high-profile Republicans led by Mitt Romney, the, the senator from Utah, former Republican presidential candidate, who has kept his powder rather dry and has been very critical of the president. You have others, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins of Maine, uh, who's up for re-election, who are moderates, who have a history of breaking from the party. One of the cases the Republicans can take to the public right now is this is a partisan witch hunt. Remember, this is what the president has said repeatedly. Well, if you suddenly have people breaking from the Republican Party, particularly such high-profile senators as a Romney or a Collins, you suddenly lose that argument in the public. So, Peter, how high are the stakes for American democracy here? I mean, at the root of all of this. This is about an accusation of the president abusing his powers. And I'm I'm wondering, do people realize if this scenario plays out in a certain way, it will really impact the concept of the separation of powers? I think this is one of the things that Adam Schiff, who is the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, who has done most of the heavy lifting on the investigation end of this, has said repeatedly. And I think it's something that a lot of people in Washington are, are alive to, whether it is a, a issue in the broader country, I'm more skeptical. But there are certain unwritten rules about how the separation of powers and the checks and balances that make the U.S. system work um, that Trump has violated. So a lot of things that were assumed to be uncrossable lines of how the, the democratic system of the United States works have been crossed by Trump. And what Adam Schiff has said repeatedly is if we do not impeach, if we do not actually charge the president with wrongdoing, what message are we saying? What we're saying is this is fine. And it's not fine. It's not the way the system's supposed to work. And here are the rest of today's headlines. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Welcome to the press conference for our New Look Monetary Policy report. Um, That's the sound of a press conference from the Bank of England. Now, these market-sensitive press conferences are recorded before they're officially broadcast. And it turns out a third-party supplier had been releasing the audio of some of the meetings to external clients early. It meant these clients, which include hedge funds, had an unfair trading advantage. The audio feed that was leaked was installed to act as a backup in case the video failed. The central bank confirmed the audio leak after the Times of London reported it on Thursday morning. After learning of the leak, the BOE said it disabled the supplier's access. When Bernie Ebers was sentenced to 25 years in prison in 2005, his $11 billion accounting fraud case was the largest in U.S. history. Now, 13 years later, the former chief executive of WorldCom is being granted an early release on health grounds. His lawyer said that a judge has found that Ebers has been suffering from dementia and dramatic weight loss. In a recent filing, prosecutors argued that Ebers might be faking these symptoms. WorldCom grew rapidly in the 1990s under Ebers as chief executive. But after the collapse of the first internet bubble, WorldCom started to miss Wall Street earnings forecasts. Ebers asked his accountants to, quote, hit the numbers. So they booked expenses as capital investments, which made it seem like WorldCom had higher reported income than it actually did. In 2002, the company went bankrupt in the largest bankruptcy in U.S. history at the time. Ebers' six-week trial was a pivotal moment in an era of white-collar criminal trials 
as public wrath grew after a stock market crash. And pressure on car makers to adapt to an electric future has seen Fiat Chrysler and the company that owns Peugeot agree to a deal to create the world's fourth largest automaker. Now, the merger isn't done just yet, and it's likely to face questions from EU regulators on competition grounds. At the same time, BMW and Daimler said yesterday that they were reversing out of car sharing services. The German car makers are unwilling to invest more into the venture, while they also grapple with the huge cost of developing electric cars. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, an EU court advisor is due to issue an opinion on a landmark case involving Facebook. It could affect Europeans' privacy rights and how hundreds of thousands of companies transfer personal data worldwide. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.